views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pacho Transformation Talk Radio uh, and all of the places you might be listening right now. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. We got a great couple hours of radio for you starting off with Dr. Jeff Bidel. And guess what? You know, here we are. What are we talking about today? Well, what is it when you go through life and all of a sudden you have a diagnosis? What is it if that diagnosis is? Bipolar. Yeah, bipolar. What? Bipolar one? What? Disorder? What do you do with that? Well, today you're going to hear Dr. Jeff's journey. You know, when you take a look at the choices that we get to make in life, when you take a look at, wait a minute, I've just gotten that diagnosis now. What do I do with it? And, you know, it is Dr. Jeff, as millions of people are getting you know, they're coming to the place where it's a diagnosis. If not one, we have a term now, dual diagnosis. I don't know what happens if you have more than one diagnosis. But today, Dr. Fidel is sharing what he's learned using ancient teachings to help others discover the answer inside through this book. And today, what is it that we are going to learn about our possibilities. So often we get a diagnosis and especially in, you know, the field of psychology and the field of mental health. And we get a diagnosis and shortly thereafter, we get a prescription, diagnosis, prescription. Sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't. What we're finding out now it is that there are where that way more possibilities to consider and how we don't have to be victims of a diagnosis. Dr. Fidel is joining me here today. We're going to talk about what he's sharing in his just crazy good book here. I love that term. And what happens when we really look on the inside? Dr. Fidel, great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Pat. Um, you know, I, I briefly talked a little bit about what's happening today in the United States, at least when you walk into the doctor's office and um, you sit down and you go through whatever process you go through. And at the end of, I don't know, one, two, three weeks, maybe or maybe not that long, you know, the doctor says to you, well, this is the diagnosis. This is what you have. 
And my comment was that there are millions of people that the next words that follow are generally, I'm going to write you a prescription. I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Am I accurate or uh, do I have do you know too much bias in that? No, that's pretty much accurate of what Western medicine is today. Uh, and in fact, that's what I studied my entire life was Western medicine is very good at categorizing things. So um, just like any other science, uh, a lot of Western medicine, uh, psychology included, takes um, different states of minds of people and tries to make a science of that. So we come up with different labels like bipolar, bipolar type 1, type 2, mm -hmm. depression, all kinds of labels. Of course, people aren't their labels. That's, I think everyone knows that, that there's not such a yeah. thing as a depressed person. It's just a convenient term. Labels are, are good to use as a method, you know, to kind of be able to discuss something in a scientific nature. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you about the book and especially about the book cover. It is striking. Um, and, you know, it's so striking that when I take a look at it, I'm almost transfixed. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So powerful to see an image like that and have so many feelings, whether you know what the book is about or not. I want to just talk with you a little bit. Um, what is it that you had to move through? What are some of the challenges that you had to move beyond? And what's the significance of the way the cover of the book looks? What's the significance of that? Yes. Uh, so um, that book uh, cover I've designed myself, and it was mm -hmm. to give a um, – it's, it's just the notion that a symbol itself is up to the mind of the interpreter. So because the book cover is just a simple vertical line, and of course I gave it a little bit of an ancient quality to it, um, it can be interpreted in many different ways. Of course, growing up in Western culture, we know that symbol to be either I, but it could also be the number one. Right. Um, meaning that any symbol in and of itself is just that. It's a symbol that was created by people. Um, and so the significance of the symbol was just that, is that um, I is just a symbol, but it never really described who I was. Uh, so I think many people in their minds, they refer to themselves as I, and this is kind of the trickery of something that I had to unlearn in the journey inward, that I was never an I in the first place, uh, and then... That's how I started to begin to know myself beyond thought. Uh, that's part of the journey inward. But mm. the cover just meaning that a symbol is just that. And in fact, if you take that cover and you turn it horizontally, then it has a minus sign. So it's just a symbol doesn't define what something is. And in the same way as you just said, a label such as bipolar does not define a person. So we have to be very careful of when we use labels or symbols because they don't necessarily describe the true essence of what something is. Mm. I, I open the book and what I'm really struck by, and, and I pay it, I read everybody's book just so you know, 
uh, I don't know how many radio shows you've done, but I'll tell you, I read the book. And so my questions are going to come not just from the book, but from your journey. It says to my son, Andrew, and I wanted to ask you about this. You know, you could have really picked anything to put here, any number of people, any number of situations. Tell us the tell us the 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 importance of this dedication of the book. Um, well, the significance of my son was that um, that he kind of gave me the strength to go through, um, you know, not personally, but just the fact that I had a son to take care of. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for months I wanted to commit suicide, but I never went back to the doctor. Um, and I was very fortunate to run into the teachings of the Tao in order to connect mm -hmm. to this deep part within me. So knowing I had a son... Um, the, really gave me the strength to go on in states of mind that um, I endured for months. Um, I dedicated to him just because always in the back of my mind when I was going through um, a lot of all mind-created suffering that I knew that I was going to fight as hard as I could to just keep going to be there for my son. Uh, mm. that I would not take my own life no matter what. And that was the promise I made to myself. Oh, I, I want to ask you, was there a tipping point? And, you know, the reason that I say this, let me let me kind of give you a, a sense of, of why I'm asking the question. You know, I look at my life right before I dialed the wrong phone number and off I went into a career that that I love and had no skill or talent to do at all. And but there was a moment of time in 2003 where I thought I just can't get up anymore. I just can't fight the fight anymore. Um, I want to ask you, did you have either a moment like that or several moments like that where you said, whatever I'm doing now is not working. I've got to do something else. Yes. Well, the tipping point was. When my marriage fell apart, uh, mm. that was the initial stressor. Uh, I was still practicing as a physician at that point. But after my marriage fell, fell apart, and then my dog like died like right around that time, I, I really uh, reevaluated my life. Then I decided I, I didn't want to practice medicine, so I quit my job. And then it was just me left with alone, so to say with my thoughts. And then I just said to myself, I'm not even going to be medicated. So I threw the meds away at that point. And I went on this journey um, uh, in solitude for about a year and a half, um, going through many states of mind uh, and finally able to connect with my true self, which is pretty much buried below all the layers of subconscious protections that I built up over my lifetime. Um, that's kind of the journey inward was, was being able to feel again, things that I subconsciously protected inside of myself. Because when we go to a lot of the Western doctors, um, you know, there's a chemical imbalance explanation. But personally speaking, um, the journey inward had nothing to do with that. Um, what I learned inside of myself was that I was holding on to anger and things that I hadn't forgiven within myself. Um, and these 
this was the process of reconnecting with who I was, um, just mm-hmm. going back through and feeling again. And this took months of just not being afraid to really go into places inside of myself subconsciously I did not want to go. Wow. This is so powerful. Those of you tuning in, Dr. Jeffrey Fadel joining me here today. When we come back, we're going to talk about one MD's inward journey to liberate himself from mental suffering. Why is this important? I'll tell you why for me. I had a mom that couldn't do it, and she did end her life when I was six. But what is the message today? Might she be here today? Had she gotten a copy of Dr. Fidel's book? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Are you sick of feeling overworked with no motivation? Take a break from the daily grind. Life coach Nicole Eisler is here to provide a healing journey of optimism. Passionate and caring, Nicole is no ordinary soul. Her dedication to helping everyone has no limit. Witness the power of positivity. Tune in every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Positivity Party Radio with Nicole Eisler on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit BigDreamAwakening.com. Would you like to experience life-transforming adventures in personal expansion and world service? If you do, tune in to learn about magical innate abilities that you can develop and use to make your dreams come true. Joy Elaine is author of The Joy Chronicles, and she's inviting you and millions of others to join her in working with galactic masters, angels, and the Ashtar Command as they assist humanity and planet Earth to achieve their ultimate destination of ascension. For more information about this upcoming event and broadcast, visit joyelaine.com. That's joy, E-L-A-I-N-E, dot com. Tune in to The Michael Shane Show the third Tuesday of each month at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and connect with the ascended beings to raise your vibration and manifest the life you desire. Get ready to receive healing through the transphysical mediumship of Reverend Michael Shane and the ascended beings. Visit MichaelShane.com. That's M-Y-C-H-A-E-L, Shane.com, and call 425-971-6632 to schedule your full healing session now. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Pat. I am so thrilled. I've had the honor of working with Leslie Fontaine for the past year or so. And what she has created in her hit program, Sheer Alchemy, transcends what most of us get to listen to or hear in any point in time in our lives. But beyond that, Leslie is working with people all over the world and she has created something phenomenal 
based on the feedback and input from the archangels, from the ascended masters, from the light beings, and most importantly, from each and every one of you. So if you want to change your life, if you're ready to step into your own version of sheer alchemy, please give Leslie a call at 678-665-3366. And why? Because this is what you're going to be prepared to do. Be amazed and on your part, connect with the Ascended Masters that are there to help you custom make the life that you are meant to live. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot that I had to come back from break because Dr. Fidel and I were just talking and you're going to hear what he is sharing with the world. You know, there's a reason this is a number one bestselling book. Um, and the, the reason that it is, is because I love talking about solutions and I love that you have somebody like Dr. Jeffrey coming out in the world. He is a doctor, right? And saying, whoa, wait a minute. I discovered something else. And here's what I've discovered. You know, thank you so much, Dr. Dr. Fidel, for joining me here today. Okay, let's talk about this, about what you discovered. But let's start by what mental suffering means, if we could. I don't usually start the show kind of in that direction, but I, I want to I, I want us to create a landscape for people that may not know exactly what we're talking about. Because when we then get to what you discovered, people will say, really? How did he do that? What is the kind of mental suffering that people that are diagnosed with bipolar uh, disorder as it's called, what what are we talking about? Yes, well, mental suffering is really uh, believing in the thoughts that we have in our minds to be true. This is how mental suffering occurs, or identifying with thoughts. So when I was diagnosed bipolar, what would happen is the following. If I have thoughts in my mind that say, I don't, I feel worthless, I feel depressed, I can't move, I want to kill myself, all these thoughts. Now, before I took this inward journey, I identified with those thoughts in my head, and I pretty much let them rule me, and whatever the thoughts in my mind said, that's pretty much what happened. In other words, I would, you know, want to not get out of bed, or I would even, I even got to the point where I wanted to kill myself, and I had to actually hide knives in my house for about a month or two. Um, so that mental suffering is, is identifying with all the thoughts in the mind. Um, now, the mania, actually, uh, I could only know now after I've done this inward journey, but the mania came about was, at the time, I didn't know how I did it, but what I did was I was able to shut off my thinking mind. So what happened was is that all those thoughts of feeling worthless, wanting to kill myself, uh, they stop completely. Um, mm. And then the mind just becomes blank. And then what happens with no competing thoughts in the mind, um, the mind is able to be, uh, 
to like capture it becomes very sensory uh um able to capture like lights and smells and taste uh it's almost like being on LSD is the best i can um um give an analogy mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. no words in the mind that compete with other you know of our senses coming in so it brings us it brought me into that state of mania and of course when i was in that state of sensory overload LSD, I thought that the universe had revealed itself to me. So I started thinking that, you know, that I had some special power. Of course, when I saw the doctor, um, he didn't believe in any of this. And, you know, he, 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 you know, he looked at his guide and he said, okay, had a history of depression and is acting in this way. And then I got that diagnosis, uh, bipolar type one based upon that. Uh, right. And that's kind of how it works. But only now can I know um, that that's what has happened because now I'm aware of how I was able to shut off my thoughts, which I could do all day if I'd like to. But <laughs> I like to think <laughs> so I know where my keys <laughs> are. You know. <laughs> well, and, you know, when we're talking about this, um and we look at the world we're living in today in the United States, right? Let's just look at that for a moment. You know, what we're discovering is that there are even more categories, thousands of them, that have been added to the psychological, uh, how should we call them, books of categories, if I might say. Uh, and we're getting more and more and more diagnoses here regarding this. The effect on the people that get the diagnosis it really is traumatic. And I would love for you to talk for a minute about that. I mean, when you walk in to get some help and you walk out and you say, what? I'm that? Isn't that really a uh, part of the scenario that really c- gets right at the heart for some people? They don't even know what to do with that. Well, I mean, like I said before, uh, science, science tries to break things down into components. Uh, my whole life up until the last year and a half before I encountered the teachings of the Tao, my identity was also in my mind, and a lot of Western science is driving at, you know, practicing mindfulness. It's all about the brain and the mind. What mm-hmm. the ancient teachings showed me and what I didn't know before I did my inward journey was I found my answer in the heart. Now, there's the Heart Math Institute that is studying the intelligence of the heart, which they're doing, you know, they're breaking the heart into science again. But I can tell you personally um, that my heart is really where my true self always resided. And what I mean by this is that my mind is the collection of acquired thoughts and acquired beliefs that I learned while I grew up here in America. And those are all was stored in my mind and created my, my mind identity. You know, my name, Jeffrey Fidel, or my religion. Mm-hmm. All these things were stored in my mind. But what the ancient teachings show you is that those thoughts, you know, identifying with those thoughts, that was my problem, is that I had to find out the beingness of who I was, and that's beyond the thought. So only by quieting down my mind enough 
with incessant thoughts was I able to actually feel, without even using my mind to put words on it, the pure beingness or essence of who I was. And then, of course, um, in pure stillness over months, I was able to find at the very core of myself uh, this other voice uh, that resided inside of myself that I connected with and used that voice as my teacher for the whole time that I was in solitude. And this oh. was all, you know, through the mm. Tao. Um, I don't, mm. I wouldn't have known about um, this other voice that resides deep within the human being, if not for, you know, the Tao de Jing. Mm. You know, this is so amazing because uh, let's just talk about this for a minute before we go to break. When we're talking about the Tao and we're talking about it, you and me, you know, I don't know about where you were born, but I was born in the Bronx, New York, and I'm even shocked <laughs> that I even know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying, Dr. Jeffrey? Yeah. I mean, like, okay, how did you get how did you get involved with the Tao? I mean, I know how I did, but when I was first handed handed a book on uh, uh, initially, I was like, Tao what? Tao Ching? Uh, seriously, that's me. And Lao who? So I, I, I want to talk about this for a minute and, and just find out. What did you do? Did you stumble upon it? Were you a lifelong learner? What, how the heck did that happen? It's funny because it, this is all like luck, I guess, circumstantial. But a yeah. friend of mine had had it in the hospital, someone that I, I was friends with. And I started reading it. And at first I just read it like any other book. but. I'm the type of person that when he gets involved in something, I kind of, my tendency is I go a little bit extreme sometimes. So what I ended up doing was not using the book as something to read anymore, but it's an actual guide to practice um, things um, that, you know, like practicing non-judgment and practicing non-attachment and practicing being present in the moment and practicing... uh, being still. And so I got very carried away with the actual practices. So I'd pretty much go home and practice for hours every single thing that I was learning in that book. You know, I wasn't just reading the theory of it, but I was doing the actual practices. And I got, you know, obsessed with the practices that, you know, and and not just the Tao, that was the main book, but uh, various ancient practices. Uh, I got, you know, that's all I was doing all day was because I, I stopped working as a doctor. So then I got just involved for the the whole time in solitude. I was just practicing and practicing and going into very, very deep state of uh, mm-hmm. meditation. I love this. I can't wait to hear more about this because, you know, I was saying to you during the break, I work with women um, that are really having a tough time in life. And uh, I can't wait to give out copies of this book to them. Uh, Because sometimes, right, sometimes, Dr. Jeffrey, sometimes it's these, let's call them intuitive connections that we have. These things that we call luck. That can change our lives. When we come back, we're taking your questions. Uh, and by the way, for those of you out there, 
We have got copies of the book to give away, and I want to make sure we get to that, Mr. Benny, when we come back. Uh, Right here on the Dr. Pat Show, I'm saying that this is, for so many people, an option perhaps that they did not consider. When we come back, fasten your seatbelt. Uh-oh, the egoic self. What the heck is that? Oh, that thing that, oh, I see. That thing that would say to me, oh, that Dow thing, that doesn't work. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. Are you ready for a game changer? Sarah Westall is bringing you Business Game Changers Radio. Sarah brings you leading experts, visionaries, and newsmakers who provide the best commentary on big issues and cutting-edge innovations. Sarah's 20 years as a business executive will help you think like an entrepreneur with expertise, energy, and attitude. Tune in to Business Game Changers Mondays at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Have you ever wanted to learn about the colors of your chakras? Well, now's your chance. Lynn Brown, host of Get Into It, is hosting an event Friday, November 4th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. in Mount Vernon. Every person will get a reading on the most prominent color in their aura. Join Lynn Brown November 4th at the Riverwalk Studio in Mount Vernon. To register for this event, call 360-588-4713. That's 360-588-4713. What is a brilliant culture? And how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic, innovative, and successful. Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an energetic upgrade online experience. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit energeticupgrade.com today for more information. That's energeticupgrade.com. 
It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life Wow. Thank you, Benny. Benny, I would love to give our first copy of this book away. Uh, 1-800-930-2819. And, you know, Dr. Fidel is going to talk about uh, how you can get your own copy if, in fact, you don't, you're not able to get a copy of the book for yourselves. You know, it is so filled with nuggets, nuggets of healing. It is so filled with possibilities um, and, and here's an example. When you open the book, it says eternity. You are always there. You were never born. You will never die. My mind gave you the name heart, but you are nameless, eternally beating with or without me. That's how this book starts, folks. 1-800-930-2819. Um, wow. Thank you so much for today. Could you please, Dr. Fidel, please give out the website and, again, tell people where they can find the book. Sure. The uh, website is www.jeffreyfidelmd.com. And uh, if you are on the website, there should be a link that you can find that takes you to the Amazon page that uh, the book is uh, on to be uh bought, or you can just go, if you don't want to do it like that, you can just go onto Amazon and purchase it, uh, usually just by searching for my name, Jeffrey Fidel, MD, will bring you to it, or you could put in the book, which is pronounced I, one, and what, one MD's inward journey to end, to liberate himself from mental suffering. Yeah. Um, either way would work. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is I. And I, I want to tell you that what's kind of cool about this is I saw the book cover. And even though I knew the book was I, I saw it as a one. And the reason I did was I, I don't know if I saw it as one after I read the book or before. But what it is that you're talking about is a connection and the solution being that connection can can we talk for a little bit, you know, because I think this is important. Um, you guys out there that just sent me the text message. Yes. Let me just say this. Bipolar disorder right now, what we know about it, affects approximately 5.7 million adult Americans. About 2.6% of the U.S. population age 18 and older every year. The median age of onset of bipolar disorder is 25 years. And I just wanted to say, although the illness can start, and this I'm reading this, from childhood or as late as 40s and 50s, it can show up. An equal number of men and women develop it. Now, you can go on and read about this um, as much as you want, or you could read this book called I. And what you'll find in this book is the power and the purpose of empowering oneself to facilitate healing. That's what Dr. Jeffrey Fidel has done out in the world. Um, I don't even want to go into the conversation and statistics about suicide. You and I can talk about it. We both have experience. 
um, uh, with it, and uh, we know what happens. But here we're today to talk about what you've discovered and found. Um, what has happened since the book came out? It's reached number one status. Can you talk a little bit about how people are receiving it, please? That's an interesting question. Yeah, when I know. People <laughs> when people read the book, I think, you know, it's a very personal story. The book is written in two parts. The first part is just a pretty much a, almost like a, a memoir of uh, my experience of what brought about the trauma, so to say, that initiated this journey inward, which was pretty much the loss of my marriage and my dog and leaving my job. And then it kind of tries to bring the reader through some of the states of mind uh, that I endured. Uh, for example, um, in the first part of the book, I write about how my mind had voices in it, which I didn't know at the time, but this is the power of the mind, is that the voices called me to go to the beach at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I followed all these voices in my head. So I actually didn't know what these voices were, so I drove to the beach at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, and I was at the beach for five hours yelling at the top of my lungs, and in my mind's eye, uh, all the clouds aligned into a city on the horizon. Um, all these things happened in my mind. Uh, and I try best to describe, you know, what happened in my mind. Now, at the time, I thought it was real because what my mind was showing me, it's kind of like the best analogy I could tell you is like being in a dream in an awake state. I was so lost in thought because my mind kept creating all these things that I, I was blind. I could hardly see the outside world. It's almost like the ability to see outside of my mind was very limited. Uh, so the first part of that book kind of tries to um, describe as best I can the states of mind uh, that I went through before I was able to utilize in the teachings of the Tao, connect to this other voice inside of myself, uh, which was coming from my heart. Uh, and then I had to accept that voice coming from my heart as my teacher. Um, and that was the faith. I placed all my faith inside of myself in this voice that I could never see. And that voice, I just kept following it, and it brought me back out through all the states of mind and able to speak about it again today. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much... I don't know the people that read the book whether they can get all of that, but I do my best to to describe the state of mind. Uh, and some people that have read the book, they they think that maybe they know what I'm talking about. But of course, even only we know what goes on in our own mind. So I do my best to write about what that was. And then the second part of the book explores the concept of something called non-duality, which is what the Tao Te Ching is all about. Because the first sentence in the Tao states, uh, the Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao. And what this basically is stating is that when we name something, uh, we don't necessarily know it any better. Uh, a name is not the same as what something is in essence. 
so what I describe in the second part is how Western science is trying to do just that, to name everything. Um, and the name is not really what something is. It's, it's a convenient way of communicating or it's a language. But there is danger in naming things. And in fact, what I found out inside of myself is that, you know, we, we are the universe ourselves. We are woven into this essence of reality. So part of it's also towards the scientist, because I've been an intellect my whole life and I still am, <laughs> is so that they look at the universe not as something where is the life outside of, you know, where can we find other life, but rather the universe itself is gazing at itself through itself, through the eyes of us. In other words, everything that makes up us as human beings was created by the very things that we gaze upon. And this is taught in the Tao, that the observer and what's being observed are one and the same thing. So I think, and it kind of makes a nice thing, because instead of making it look like we're these little tiny people um, and the universe is this big, big thing, it's more like we're blended into the whole thing. We're a part of it. This is us. We're looking at ourselves. When we, when we take a moment to really say yes to that, when we take that moment, and I know we do, when we take that moment, how will our lives change? What has happened since? We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. But in the meantime, I've got one more book to give away. So stay tuned. When we come back, I'll go ahead and do that. We'll be right back. There are so many resources out there for meditation. But did you know that Atana's Heart Earth Healing Meditation is available for you for free? Yes, that's right. You can receive this free healing meditation today from Atana Badili. All you need to do is visit his website, atanamethod.com. That's A-T-A-A-N-A method.com and sign up. You will receive your free meditation instantly. That's atanamethod.com. What if your body and mind were the compasses to the secrets, mysteries, and magic of life? Glenna Rice, co-host of The Questionable Parent, is inviting you to access all that is possible. Glenna is a 10-year certified veteran access consciousness facilitator who offers an amazing variety of life-changing classes and workshops. Work with Glenna from anywhere with teleclasses and workshops all over the globe. To learn more and see Glenna's current schedule of events, classes, and workshops, visit GlennaRice.com. Are you tired of being tired? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know the adrenal glands, the workhorse of the body? They are the means by which you position yourself in life for whatever comes your way. Tiny but mighty, producing hormones the body uses to promote energy and vitality. These adrenals determine how you respond to stress, and when depleted, the body loses its ability to function powerfully when we need it most. The much-needed adrenaline or epinephrine is not available for emergency situations. Cortisone and cortisol, the longer-acting anti-stress adrenal hormones, can also become depleted due to the pace of our everyday lives. We overwork and undernutrition our most powerful ally that helps us to live the lives we desire. We are able to determine the optimum function of the adrenals and put your system back in balance. 
Contact us today to feel powerfully energized at 888-777-4232 or visit us at maryjanemack.com. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. The earth is an ever-changing being. Goddess Light, shamanic healer Bree Gibbs, guides us through the ascending worlds and brings forth knowledge and truth. As a light creator, she is here to provide new information needed at this time in our evolution. Join Bree as she shares messages from guides, spirits, ascended masters, goddesses, and others. Tune in Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific and Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific for the Silver Gaia Show and live the authentic life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. For those of you out there, uh, great, great show today. And again, we want to make sure that if you are not part of us gifting this book to you, that you know how to get it. And we're ready to give another copy of the book away. Um, 1-800-930-2819. Uh, for those of you out there, we'd love to give a second copy of the book away. Uh, Dr. Fidel, please, again, one more time, give folks the website and tell folks a bit more about, you know, some of the videos you have on there as well. Yeah, so the website is www.jeffreyfidelmd.com, and that's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, F like in Frank, I-D-E-L, M as in medical, D as in doctor. JeffreyFidelMD.com, and pretty much the website has right now about 25 videos that are out there for for free to just look at for the content, and a lot of them uh, try to go over some of the teachings that or some of the practices uh, that can be used to start um, some healing inside of ourselves. Something like forgiving within ourselves um, can be a very powerful way to start to, um, of course, any any anger that we hold inside of ourselves, and some of this is very subconscious, uh, we're the only ones that really get to drink that poison when we get, Mm. when we're angry at someone and and we don't, uh, if we don't forgive another person or we don't forgive ourselves, all that anger just stays within us, uh, and and we live with it. Um, whether we know it or not, it affects us. Uh, and so a lot of the uh, videos, you know, another one is just being still enough to actually uh, feel uh, things within us. Um, lots of times, myself included, I was always afraid of feeling things within me. Uh, I remember the first time my heart was broken by a woman, back in college, and then I vowed to myself that I'd never get heartbroken again. So I built Uh. up a wall at the time, not knowing it. Mm -hmm. But then I was not able to really feel again for the rest of my life. So 
what I enabled myself to do uh, over this year and a half was to allow myself to actually go back and try and feel things again within me. And that has been, these have been the, um, the healing practices uh, that I have done in order to, you know, um, liberate myself from uh, mm. what I was holding inside of myself. Yeah, it is, it is, as you say, it is quite the journey. It is quite the journey. Um, and, you know, let's talk for a moment, if we could, about you know, ex exactly what the book says, you know, how to liberate oneself from mental suffering and the help it offers for those diagnosed bipolar, mental, mentally three or depressed or so forth and so on, all of the above. And there is a ton and I wanted to ask you this question, you know, when you liberate yourself from mental suffering, tell me what's possible for your life. Uh, the liberation is just the acceptance mm -hmm. of life. In other words, I'm not uh, immune from having things happen to me in life. What the liberation is, is now I know, I have an understanding that life only happens in the present moment, ever. Um, and it's just to come to the realization of the beingness of who I am, because uh, whether I'm thinking or whether I'm not thinking, I'm still a being, um, and that's really who I am. It's not really my thoughts who I am, but I am the beingness of who I am. And the mm -hmm. liberation comes from that understanding that life goes on, I'm a part of life, I accept life as it is always in the present moment, and whatever happens in life, I must accept that, and, and that's the liberation, and not being a prisoner of whatever thoughts come to my mind, instead of it says, you know, if I say to myself, I feel depressed, which can happen, I'm no longer identify with those thoughts, maybe something's just not going my way, and I just accept it, and I live my life in acceptance. Um, and that's the, whole, that's the whole thing. So it's a totally different shift in, 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 um, in the way of being. Mm. I love the world of possibilities, and I don't know uh, how to talk about it in the way that you've talked about it. And I wanted to ask you this question. Um, you know, when you, when you decided to say yes to this journey, you then started forward. Was there a point in time where you could feel something flip or something switch? And do you remember it? Uh, well, when I was in the journey, uh, I got very lost in my mind. And this is the danger um, I just wanted to put forth. Uh, this is a very large risk I took. Uh, I'm lucky to be here and have found the Tao and everything that worked out for me. But when I was in the inward journey, like I said, and I write about mm -hmm. it in my book, my mind created all kinds of states that I could only know about now it, but at the time, like I said, these were these are very very scary states of mind. Um, 
you'll see many people are being hospitalized. There's even hotlines for something called the spiritual crisis. Um, like I said, when I went to the beach that day and my mind created all those things, um, I didn't call the spiritual crisis hotline. Uh, you know, and this, so in answer to the question, um, I was lost in state of mind only until I was able to, and this, this was my lifesaver, is that I was able to um, see that some of these states of mind, and, and this was done, I don't know how I had the present of mind to do it, but the creation of some of these states of my mind, I was able to correlate with things that happened in my childhood that I was not able to forgive. I wrote notes all around my house at the time that this was all correlated with things that I never forgave. Uh, that happened to me during a child, and it was through that realization that I was able to come back out of the mind state and then be able to tell the story. Um, so it, it, the journey in was it, it was very complex. Um, it just happened to all the, the pieces uh, fell in place. But the bottom line through all of this is, like I said, I found my truest self in the end. And that's, you know, the innocent, loving self that we're all born with as children, the, the, the self, uh, the, like being a baby again, and then kind of growing up again and relearning ourselves. That's kind of like the journey inward is the reconnection because babies, they don't judge. They, they love everyone. Um, and then over time we can, get ideas in our minds, and, and all of a sudden we see people as different than who we are. But when we're little babies, you know, we, everyone loves a little baby, and little babies love everyone. It's only until yeah. later on. So the, the journey inward is kind of reconnecting with the innocence that we all have inside of ourselves, and that's finding our heart again. Yeah. What a powerful message. You know, Dr. Fidel, thank you so much for today. I have one last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? And thank you so much for taking this very, very important message out into the world. Yes, um, thank you again. Uh, my message would be to, to, to start looking inside of ourselves for the answers. Um, I think a lot of Western medicine is to try and talk about problems or take pills for problems, but a lot of healing can be done on the inside of us by just feeling certain things uh, that we may be afraid of feeling inside of ourselves or just taking a little bit of time before we just blindly do an action and see if there might be an underlying motive of why we might be doing something. For instance, if we feel guilty, maybe in the back of our minds we're saying to ourselves, you know, maybe this person will love and accept me if I do this, but maybe we really don't want to do that activity, but we just end up doing it anyway out of guilt. So there's usually something inside of ourselves. If we look closely enough, we can find it, and then we can start being more of ourselves. And the more we are ourselves, the less inner conflict we have and the more inner peace we have. Wow. Thank you so much for today. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a great conversation. Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break, everyone. Um, if you've missed any part of, you know, Dr. Fidel's and in, in my conversation today, uh, of course, it'll play again later on tonight. Uh, and you can certainly get a copy of his fabulous book. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. 